What makes uh, a church healthy is a church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no other way, no name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. So when we exalt the name of Jesus, when we praise the name of Jesus, when we preach the name of Jesus, it brings health to a church. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to move upon our hearts to make us more like Christ, that makes a healthy church. When we're most interested in not just our own interests, but the interests of others, that, that makes a healthy church. When we prefer one another more than ourselves, when we love each other more than ourselves, that's, that's a healthy church. When we're willing to give and sacrifice and love like Jesus did, that's a healthy church. Amen? And really, it's not anything in and of ourselves. It's all because of the work of the Holy Spirit that's within us, that changes us and transforms us. We were lost in our sin and our selfishness. And how many of you today know that your selfishness has gotten you into a lot of big trouble in your past? Your wannabes and you, your gotta haves and, uh, you know, that person I gotta be in a relationship with stuff really, really has gotten us in a lot of trouble. When we're left to our own devices and intentions, because we have this factor that's in our lives and that factor is sin. Sin separates us from a glorious, good, gracious, wonderful God. And God doesn't like us separated from him. And what did he do? He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die so that when we put our faith and trust in Christ, his work on the cross, we identify with his work on the cross. Jesus brings us in to God the Father and says, these folks are with me. Amen. We are, we, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are heirs of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. The Bible says every spiritual blessing is ours because of what Christ has done. That's why every day the Bible says there's grace and there's mercy to meet us every single day. We need him. Amen? We need him. We say around here that if you have a problem, if you have a situation, you don't know the answer, you don't know what to do, it's Jesus. That's the answer. Amen? It's Jesus. So today, <clears throat> we're going to hop into what looks like a hot tub, but it is a baptismal tank. Amen? And we're going to celebrate what Jesus Christ has done in the lives of, of others. Turn over in, in your uh, Bibles to Romans chapter 6. Let's read from the first verse. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ in salvation, born again, baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might too walk in newness of life. Amen? Amen. Those of you that know Christ, have experienced salvation, have been born again, and you realize that the Holy Spirit resides within you, you are different. You are transformed. Amen? The Bible says that once we are in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. You become a new person. 
Once we were geared in our, in our fleshly nature, we were geared to the things of the world. We were geared to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Everything was geared around me, around my selfishness, my self-centeredness. God didn't create us to be self-centered and self-conscious. He created us to be God-centered and God-conscious, and that's where we find our purpose. And we find our purpose, the door, the entranceway, the gate, the way, the truth, the life, is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? And this is what we preach. This is the good news of the gospel. So baptism is an outward symbol of what has already taken place in your heart. Amen? But whenever you find, whenever you obey Jesus in anything that he tells you to do, there's always spiritual transformation. Always. When we trust and obey the Lord, we receive more of the revelation of who he is. We receive more of the power of the Holy Spirit, the ability to worship God. In and of ourselves, we cannot worship God. We cannot witness. We cannot work for God. It's the Spirit of God that graces us and gifts us with the impetus to serve and love and give out of his grace through faith. Amen? And what a beautiful, beautiful relationship that we have with our Savior and our Lord. So, we come to him broken, we come to him bruised, we come to him lost. There's nothing in and of ourselves that would say that he would love us. It's not our good looks or our charm, it's not our education, it's not where we grew up. And it doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter that if you've, if you've suffered abuse, if you're broken by sin that you have committed or that the sins of others have committed against you, there is freedom and there is newness of life through Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the gospel. We were broken. We were lost without him. Most of us, before we came to Christ, had our fists raised why you so-and-so, you liver-lilied, yellow, thumb-sucking, we, uh, we were just mad at God. We were mad at God because our separation from God brings a animosity and a hostility towards God. Isn't it true? Those of you that are believers, whenever you get mad at God because God didn't do what you thought he wanted you to do and you run away from God, that turns into a blaming God. And we get into this uh, hard-heartedness, and we need to come back to the Lord and have him soften our heart towards him. He is the lover of our soul. He's our savior. In his presence, we've repented of our sins. Repentance is, now, you don't have to take a whip, go home, take your shirt off, and start beating yourself. Doesn't that, isn't that great? Interestingly enough, the Bible says that it was the will of God to crush Jesus. Jesus took the whip. Jesus took the torture. Jesus took the sin. Jesus took the abuse. Jesus took the humiliation. And you see Jesus on the cross in pictures with a nice veil around his lower parts. Friends, he died naked on that cross, humiliated. The very son of God, God himself in the flesh died for you. Don't you think that when you put your faith and trust in him, you're free and you're new and you're redeemed and you're forgiven based on what Christ has done. When we don't trust the work of Christ, we make him out to be a liar because he is the just one and he's the justifier of those that put their faith in Christ. What a great God we serve. What a great God we serve. When we 
emerge from that water. It represents the work of salvation that Christ has done in our hearts. Amen? When we gave our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ, we said to him, God, I can't manage my life. I can't uh, make myself any better that you would love me. I need you to be my savior, that you would uh, forgive me. I need you to be my savior and my Lord. I repent of my sin. And I know that the blood that you shed cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Oh, what a great God we serve. How about that verse in 1 John 1, verse 9, where it says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The penalty of sin has been taken care of. The power over sin has been taken care of. He cleanses us from guilt. He cleanses us from the shame of the past. He cleanses us from the condemnation of the past. And in return, he gives us this glorious sense of a destiny and a purpose that every day when we wake up, we're redeemed, we're a child of God. He loves us and our purpose and our life now is to bring glory and God, glory and praise to God and all the good to others. Amen? And that's why we serve, and that's why we love, and that's why we give. I was talking to somebody, and they said, uh, do rapists and murderers, if they ask Christ Jesus to forgive them, will they be forgiven? And I said, yes, they will. The Bible says that if we break one manner or one law in the Bible... We fall short of the glory of God, and we cannot be in his presence. So whether you're uh, an evil sinner, whether you're a mediocre sinner, whether you're a dressed-up sinner, whether you're a religious sinner, if you're a sinner, you need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. Amen? What a great God we serve. With this new life comes forgiveness. How many of you, if you could relive your life, you'd do it all over again? You'd know the decisions that you'd make. You know the different choices that you'd do. You'd avoid that tragic mistake. You'd correct all the regretted moments. But of course, we can't relive our lives, can we? But the accuser and the slanderer, the devil, wants us to relive our lives every day in the shame and condemnation of our past. Maybe the things that God, that the uh, enemy or people have told you that you are just resonates in your mind, resonates in your heart. You can't, you can't separate yourselves from what people have told you from the hurt and sorrow that has been in your life. You can't relive your life. Stop trying. Amen? Stop trying. None of us lives without regrets. Yet we cannot go back and change the past. There's guilt. When Christ comes into our lives, the guilt is completely and permanently removed. Amen? And we have a new beginning. Here, I want to read some scriptures for you. What the Bible says about your sin and his concept of his great redemptive work on the cross. Here it is. The biblical writers gave us some powerful images to relate to the wonder and the marvel of God's forgiveness. Do you know that psychologists tell tell us that the most people that are in psychiatric help and in homes suffer from the lack of ability to forgive or the ability to receive forgiveness? Forgiveness is huge. Amen. See, what Christ has done is he paid the debt. But we live our lives 
always trying to pay the debt of sin, shame, guilt, condemnation. And we cannot do it. We cannot pay that debt. That debt's been paid over 2,000 years ago. Jesus said it. It is finished. Amen? Put our trust and reliance and dependence on Christ and Christ alone. Here's some verses. He does not deal with us according to our sins. How many can say hallelujah to that? Amen? Nor repay us according to our iniquities, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Now, me and Daryl, if he started walking west and I started walking east, throughout all eternity, we would never, ever meet. Amen? That'd be a long walk, that's for sure. Think of it now. God separates your sin as far as the east is from the west. You are forgiven. You're redeemed. You're cleansed. You're in right standing before God. Amen? How about this one? Come now, let us reason together. Says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. This scarlet and this crimson was red dye that you could not get out of cloth. There was no launderer. There was no soap. There was no detergent to change the, the crimson, red, dark penetration of that dye on cloth. And isn't it seem like this with our sin? It's so ingrained in us. We can't get rid of it. We can't seem to overcome the darkness and the deep depravity of our heart because of sin. Jesus, the Lord has said it through his word, that though your sins be as scarlet, though they be as dye that cannot be transformed, that cannot be changed, your sins, though dark, can be forgiven and you can be set free. Amen? Oh, what a great God we serve. I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. He has blotted out our sins. Back in the day, the papyrus that they used to write on, the ink that they used didn't have acid. So it would be written on the cloth, but you could take a wet sponge or a wet cloth, and if, if you wipe that, the writing could come off. This is God blotting our sin, amen? The God of heaven takes the blood of Jesus Christ and blots every sin of yours and wipes them clean. You are forgiven. Our Lord, redeem our hearts and our minds today to receive this word. When we walk out of this place, we'll be forever transformed by the forgiveness of our God. Never to feel shame and guilt again, but to feel the peace with God and to feel the peace of God. Amen. I, he will again have compassion on us. He will, not, he will tread our iniquities under his feet. You will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. Isn't that beautiful? <coughs> the sea of his forgetfulness, all your sins are cast. If he's forget, forgotten our sins and set us free and forgiven us, why do we always bring it back up to him? Always bringing up our sin. Always bringing up those things that have entrenched us. 
in this lack of faith and lack of reliance upon him. Therefore, Acts 3, therefore, repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. See, at the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ, this is what happened. Your past was revisited. Your record was expunged. Your mistakes forgotten. Your sin forgiven. Your guilt removed. Your record wiped clean. And your soul set free. Amen? Oh, yes. Soul set free. The miracle of the birth, life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension into heaven, and the high priest intercession of Jesus Christ right now, seated at the right hand of God, saves you and keeps you to the uttermost. That's a word that we don't really use too often, uttermost. How many have used the word uttermost lately? Uttermost. It means perfectly. It means completely. And it means at all times. He saves you to the uttermost. Amen? What a great God we serve. Let's flip over to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. And let's read about verse 23. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23. The former priests, priests in the Old Testament, went into the Holy of Holies to give sacrifice. They had to prepare themselves spiritually. They had to prepare themselves ceremonially. And as they entered the Holy of Holies, they would wear bells on their feet and a rope wrapped around their leg because if they did not prepare themselves properly before God, when they came into the holiness of God, they would drop dead. When the bells stopped ringing, they dragged that priest out because he was not accepted by God. Interesting, huh? The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. Did you get that? These dudes died. And when they died, it was over. They were done. But he holds, Jesus holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost completely, perfectly, and at all times those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us. You know, if I worked that hard like Jesus did for 33 years and then died, I'd say, you know what? I did my job. You're on your own. Okay? Good riddance. He ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of God. Since his glorification, the Son of God has been praying for you, interceding for you, right? And he sends the Holy Spirit to manifest the very answered prayer that he is praying for you from the heavenlies. He brings it down and blesses you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is awesome. Yeah. Oh, Sarah, good to see you. Yeah. All right. He is able to save to the uttermost. Friends, I want each of you, if you don't know Christ, accept him today. Just say, Lord, I'm in trouble. I can't come into your presence because of my sin. You're a holy God. There's a gap. There's a bridge. I come to you, Jesus. Take me into the very presence of the heavenly father because I trust you and your sacrifice 
My forgiveness is found in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. My forgiveness is found in the work of Jesus. My forgiveness is continually found in the intercession of the high priest seated at the right hand of God for you, amen, that you'll make it, that he'll be with you until the end. What a great God we serve. If uh, you are forgiven, now you have a reason for living, amen? You're forgiven. Now you got a reason for living. Jesus keeps giving and giving, giving till your heart overflows. Friends, this baptism is for the folks that are going to be baptized. But this testimony of baptism today is for us as well, the body of Christ, to renew our commitment to the wonder of the work of Jesus Christ today that he has forgiven us. Amen? That we are washed. We are new. We are cleansed. We are set free. Let's bow our hearts in a word of prayer. And we'll continue. Lord, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that you have freed us from sin, shame, guilt, condemnation. And because that you were raised from the dead, our identification with you now, spiritually in union with you, we are raised to new life. We experience the resurrection power and life of the Savior because of what you've done. It's not based on, our, on how we feel. It's not based on our feel-so. It's based on your say-so. And when you say that we are forgiven, it's based on the work that you do, did on the cross 2,000 years ago when you, when you said it is finished. You did not die in vain. You died for a purpose, and that was to give us grace, to give us salvation, to give us deliverance, to give us healing. So friends, if there's, if there's those here that are ill in your body, ill in your mind, ill in your soul, your emotions, the Lord brings healing and deliverance to our mind, our body, our soul, and our spirit. Amen? Wholeness in every facet of our, of our lives because of what Christ has done. <clears throat> Lord, we love you today, and we pray that you would bless these folks that are coming out of the closet in their relationship with the Lord, making it public, being held accountable that if they've said that they accept you as their Savior and Lord, now we have a church that will keep them on the straight and narrow, that will keep them living their lives for God, that will keep them trusting in the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to set us free and deliver us from all sin. So we love you today, Lord, and we give you all praise and all glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. What a great, great, great day. Amen? Ah, oh, I love, I love to give the, the enemy of our soul a black eye. You know what I'm saying? And today he's got one because we're celebrating life in Jesus, found through faith and trust in him.